Heard on Spotify Greenroom. So, we're a little early. Actually, it's just 9 o'clock right now. Um, we'll wait for Dorinda. You waited all week. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Kate. You are prompt and I'm fine. Hey, girl. Hey, Sophie. Hey, Anastasia. How you guys feeling for Monday? Do you guys like this on, on Monday nights? It's, like, kind of good, right? Like, a fun way to start off the week. Thoughts? Someone wrote they can't. Hey, Chelsea. Someone said they can't wait to make it nice. I I can't wait to make it nice. It's Tuesday in Australia. Oh, my God. It must be early in the morning. <laughs> my robot voice. Does it sound like um the guy from Scream? The one who calls people to, like, uh... Oh, yeah, it does, right? Hello, Sydney. Yeah, that line. <laughs> I'm going to use it on Halloween and prank call people. Just kidding. Okay. She's back. Hey! Yay! Although that voice of yours is scaring me. I know. I'm sorry. Well, you know what my real voice sounds like, so you know this I is I do not know it. what your real, real voice sounds like, but, you know, that, that's, that's good for the upcoming Halloween season. I know. <laughs> I know. Now, here's a funny thing. I thought it was going to be like a podcast, so I literally got all dialed up. I put on some lounging pajamas. I put the lights down low. I put on candles, and Tim said to me, you know it's it's not live. I was like, what? Well, it's live audio, but it's not live video. That's okay. So we'll just, we'll just pretend to imagine how beautiful you look right now in your lounging well, pajamas. You. Um, can you say, are you in the city? Are you in the Berkshires? Like, I just where, where... arrived back in the city, and I don't know if everyone saw my Vogue article came out for my, uh, it just got posted for my uh, big night at the Strand. I had a sold out night for Make It Nice at the Strand. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. That is That's amazing, awesome. right? Well, let's tell everyone about your book, Make okay. It Nice by Dorinda Medley. It's available now where all books are sold. So go out and get the book. And you can and... download my audio. It's in my voice, my normal voice. Okay, so you did an audio reading of the book and they can download that and listen to it in the car, on the way to work. Um, that's awesome. Just to relax and, and get some wisdom from a from a woman that's lived quite an interesting life. So just You know what's three... so interesting about you is is that I find it very interesting that I you have you've made such a mark in the world, huh? People you've become the reference to all things happening. I I mean I guess. How did I that think... happen? I want some of your merchandise. <laughs> I'll send you some when we when we relaunch in the fall. I'll send you. I'll send you something. We have some well, you really got my fun book, stuff. Right? I didn't get it yet because you sent it to my PO box, and I don't always go pick up the PO box. But I'll. Oh my send god, you... you're so mysterious. <laughs> I'll send you some merch. We have some really fun stuff coming up. But I want to talk about you. I don't want to okay, talk about ahead. me. This is this is all about you. Cheers. Cheers. Um, okay, so. I think we're going to, a lot of people ask a lot of questions online on Instagram. So we're going to take a couple of those questions and then we're going to do a couple of live, live questions from the audience. Does that sound good? Perfect. 
Okay. Um, let's get right into it. Somebody had a question that I thought was very interesting. They wanted your advice for making it nice in spaces where you feel excluded based on class, gender, or race. Always be yourself. That's the key. You know, when I was growing up and I went away to prep school, I feel like I belonged. I felt like I didn't have enough money. I didn't belong. I was good enough. But, you know, I want to walk into places feeling confident and find a common ground. And the common ground at the end of the day, when you're young, when you're old, when you're whatever, is just to kind of, you know, realize we're pretty much all trying to do the same thing, right? We're just trying to all get to know each other and try to make a connection, right? If we've learned anything during COVID and being in this isolation and being away from people we love and situations and experiences is that, you know, that connection is so important at the end of the, I think there's a beautiful, beautiful part in this. Um, I watched this um, thing with Kate Winslet. Winslet it's called the little chaos. And there's a part where she walks into the room and she's invited to court and she's just a gardener, a French gardener. And she's, she was um, one of the few women. It's a true story that was chosen to work in the gardens of Versailles. She didn't have any money or anything, but she was very talented. And the thing that brought, when she walked into court, she went to the back room to sit with all these very, you know, high society women that she thought she had nothing in common with. She realized she had everything in common with them because everybody, no matter where they are in the world, no matter what their gender is, no matter what their race, we all are trying for the same thing, family, connection, love, and acceptance. And that is just true. Even when you see what's going on in the world, you realize that watching the news today, people just want safety. They want love. They want to be able to raise their children. They want to be able to express themselves. They want to be able to explore, educate, learn. That's really what we're here for. We get so clogged up in like the people that are running their agenda and we forget why we really just walk on this earth every day. It's, that, that was very beautifully said. Very, very beautifully and eloquently said. Well, I believe I it. I agree with you more. I believe it. I love that. I love that advice. Um, okay, let's get on to the next question. This one's about housewives. Someone wants to know one thing you would change in the way Real Housewives is built. You know, to be honest with you, I'm not just saying this. I wouldn't change anything. Hold on a second. I just spilled my champagne. I wouldn't change anything, and I'll tell you why. I went in there knowing what I was getting into because I obviously knew the girls before, and I knew a lot of them 20 years. And I, I didn't go in there with any agenda. I, uh, you know, I just went in there to be myself and put myself out there, good, bad, and otherwise. And just experience the whole the whole thing. I don't come out of it saying, oh, my God, I wish I didn't get edited this way. Oh, my God. No, I went in there, you know, and did it and got a lot of great opportunities from it and made a lot of. Listen, we wouldn't be on the phone today if I weren't on. Let's face it. I wouldn't have a book out. So at the end of the day, no, I really wouldn't change much. I think you have to give yourself into the process. You can't go in there with an agenda. It just doesn't work. And we can see that, that it doesn't work. People that go in with an agenda or don't just kind of go in. The audience is very smart. Yes, I was just going to say that. They could see right through that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. You know, and if 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 I get the biggest compliment 
of anything that comes out of the whole thing. They're like, you so, you know, when people meet me, they're like, oh my God, you're just like you are when you're on you. Like, you're just like you are on TV. You're very authentic. That to me is the best compliment ever. Yeah, 100%. Because you would never want to present yourself as something you're not. You know, no. that would be the biggest disappointment to the fans, even. Well, um, is really isn't the whole right journey now. to go on is sort of almost mirror? You know, a lot of people. <laughs> I, I've studied it. You know, I've thought about it a lot in the past year and a half. You know, being on pause, being in COVID, writing the book, having it part of be having it be sort of a six year part of my life, my quilt of my life. And I think the thing that's interesting, reflecting back on it, is that. People want you to be all sides and everything. They want the good, the bad. They want it all because they see themselves in you. So you have to be authentic. No one is perfect. So the perfect person that's out there saying, oh, my God, I can't stand. It's maybe a little bit because they've gone through it. So they like to talk about it knowing that they went through it. And I think more good comes out of it than bad. I think people learn a lot of great lessons from what we do on TV. Because it makes people feel a little bit more comfortable about what they're doing. Right. It's relatable is is what I think it is. Like, you know, when you fuck up or make mistakes or... Well, that's you know, it. I remember once I was, at a, I was at an event and it was the first time sort of, you know, I kind of came on the six years ago and it, reality was already out there. But I didn't really understand the sort of effect on people being in reality. And here's the thing that's really interesting psychologically. We're not actresses, so we're not playing a role. So there's something about people that are actresses and things that there's a wall, a presenting wall that kind of like people don't want to cross over. The audience doesn't want to cross over because they're playing a role. Whereas when you go out as a reality star, people think they know you and they do at some level because you see us in our pajamas. You see us having good days. You see us having bad days. And that's what they love to hate and they hate to love. And I think that's why people love to kind of come up and really talk to you because they want to jump into it a little bit. I just had that at my book signing. Someone walked up to me and said, my mother died two years ago. And listening to your audio book and talk about your journey with Richard dying really made me feel consoled, like you were sitting in the room with me. Now, come on. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing that you could touch someone like that just, you know, three right? words. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I'm very excited to read this book. I can't, okay. I can't read about it. I feel like you came on the show and you were a little bit of a mystery. Like, no one really knew your background. They knew you knew Ramona. They didn't really, you know, you didn't really, you short, you shared little bits and pieces of your life. I think you, you did it right. You know, you didn't put it all out there. You shared well, I think what a good housewife, by the way, shared. a good housewife is, is someone, they're almost like a, a clam. They spit out a pearl every year. Right. They spit out a new thing for the audience to learn about you. You know, I always said, you know, a good housewife should be more of a burlesque dancer and not a stripper. No one wants to see it all off at once. You should take, you know, show an ankle, then show a knee, then maybe show a little nipple at some point to glorify them. And, you know, you just slowly do it to keep the the audience Interesting. to know you every year. It's like peeling the onion. They should, you should sort of peel it every year and get to know them a little better. Because I, so. I think sometimes when, when people come on and they just put it all out there, it's too much. No, I 100% agree because I think that in their mind, they want to secure their spot in the cast. 
they want to be asked back for the next season. So they feel like they have to just put it all out there, like you said. But with you, I feel like, you know, you were very mysterious, even to this day. Like, you were on for how many seasons? Four seasons? Five seasons? Six seasons? Hey, hey, hey! Time flies. Time flies. What? Six seasons. I said five. I said five. I was off by a year. I was off by one season. Anyways, my point being is we still, I feel like, don't know all there is to know about Dorinda. So that's why I think, like, this book is great because it probably shows a side to you that we don't know. The book sort of connects the dots and follows the breadcrumbs because here's the thing. I was very lucky in a way. I'm 56 today, proud to be 56, have a beautiful daughter, have had a beautiful life, and, um, you know, had my ups and downs. But you got to remember, I joined the show at 50. So my cake was, as I said in the book, my cake was kind of baked. I kind of gave the housewives a piece of it. And they knew that, you know, I had Richard and Richard passed. And they knew that I had a husband before that. And they knew I lived in London. But no one really connected the dots. Um, and I think that's why, I think that's why it was, you know, I didn't go on there feeling like I had to prove anything. Because I'd had 50 years of a life that was pretty good you know how did some oh, yeah. sounds were pretty good and i think like if anything you showed us like this is so corny to say but like 50s the new 30 you know oh thank you your age didn't slow you down you still no, like no. were living life having fun doing amazing things well you know, know someone like, at garcelle asked me the other day garcelle was I, was I did a podcast with garcelle and she said what is one of the things that you value the most right now and i said you know i'll tell you something of course the obvious things are your child you know hannah and my parents and my health and all that those are the obvious but the one thing i really value especially as a woman and i remember i'm a woman that came through a lot of different eras you know when i first came from great barrington my sort of destiny was probably just to get married to and have kids and be happy with that. And I kind of jumped a lot of barriers. I think the best gift I have now is freedom. And to be 56 and have incredible freedom to do what I want, you know, be who I want spiritually, physically, have a little bit of financial freedom, be able to wake up in the day and just do whatever the fuck I want is really an incredible gift, to tell you the truth. I was just saying it to my friend Greg driving back tonight. He said, hey, do you want to go to Mexico in October for three or four days? And, I, you know, my old me would be like, wait, let me see. Who can I answer to? Do I need to answer to my mother, to my daughter, to my husband's, to this? I can just go. Yeah, I'd love to go. That's a freedom. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, and just to sort of um, dovetail off that question, people want to know if you're seeing anyone right now. You know what? I'm not. I know everybody thinks that Greg. I've been I've been quarantining with one of my best friends, Greg Calejo. Uh, he's been a friend of mine 30 years, and everybody thinks he's my boyfriend. In fact, we got we had a dinner um, on Saturday night with Hunt Sloan. Up at he just bought Searles Castle and a bunch of art people, and they sent us a, a big, huge thing of flowers, and it said, "Thank you, Greg and Dorinda." I said, "It's official. We're dating." But no, he um, he doesn't play for my side, which is great. But I love him very much. Um, no, it's I think it's difficult during COVID, and you know what? I'm in a phase now where I I, I just. When I'm in relationships, I'm very monogamous. I haven't had a lot of relationships. I end up, as I said to someone once, I, I, went, I 
experimented on the league a little bit. And Tim Kush, who's on right now, knows the story. And we went on the three dates. And by the third date, he started to get a little bit frisky and stuff. I said, listen, I want to know if you have your license. Because if we sleep together tonight, we're getting married. So you're going to need some ID. So we're going to go down to town hall and get married. Are you that old school? Are you that old school? I'm pretty old school. I love it. I fucking love it. And it's not because I'm a prude. Listen, no, I, not, you turn I didn't the say lights prude. off, you give me a couple glasses of wine. If I'm in it, I'm in it. I'm like the best cheerleader in town. But I, I just am very picky because I tend to, you know, I tend to fall in love. And then if I fall in love, I want to marry you. Okay. Well, there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know yourself, you know your limits, you know your boundaries, and that's how you Well, I talk about yourself. it in the book. I never even dated a lot as a young person because I was like, I kind of knew what I wanted, and I didn't want to waste my time because I know myself. I get very affected by being in relationships, and it consumes me. So I have to be in that place mentally, physically, spiritually to jump into that. You know, and for some people that can't, more power to them. I think that's great. But I'm just not that literally, person. Literally, if you sleep with me, I want to make No, I totally hear you. And right now your focus seems to be, you know, not work. on being in a relationship. It's on work. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think yeah. that that's, I think that's Listen, empowering as a woman. I've been married twice. I've been, you know, married, divorced, married, widowed. I, and, you know, raised a beautiful daughter. I can give myself a minute to sort of just enjoy myself and I'm sort of having a moment of you know a lot of great things happening a lot of great opportunities you know the book came out my bourbon's coming out my candle's coming out you know like Vogue came outside there just seems it seems to be the that things are going in a good direction right now and I, and I just don't want to miss an opportunity and I want to bask in it and I want to be a little bit selfish about that basking in it yeah I, don't, I think there's again nothing wrong with that I think it's empowering as a woman that you are putting yourself out there like that and presenting yourself like that. And I hope that everyone on, on, on this live right now, like, you know, takes that away from this, thinking that, you know, they could do anything. You could do anything at any point or time in your life. That's it doesn't it. matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter where, you know, where you're going. You put your Tomorrow mind is a new day. You know what the great thing about every morning when you wake up and you open your eyes? You own that day. You own that day. And you don't give a shit what people think or what people thought of you. You own that day. That's right. That's right. Um, do, do you think that we could take a question from the audience? Why not? Let's, let's take it. Okay, so... I'm going do to I need randomly... to do anything? Like, or I just stay on? Do I no, you anything? just stay on. Okay, I'm going to randomly select people who have a question. Um, Hi, guys. Hi, how are you? Hi, Dorinda. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Well, I just have to start by saying you're one of my absolute favorite housewives from Minute <gasps> Minute One. Um, so to have this opportunity is just my fave. Duh, love talking to you. Where are you from, well. Alexa? Buffalo. But everyone says I sound like oh I'm God, from I'm New York. Girl, yeah. Yes, I got you. I got you. Upstate. We are strong women, upstate girls. You know what? It's unlike any other, right? Upstate is upstate. And if you're in it, you got it. You know it. Do you know my best friends from London that I met that were Americans were from upstate and we're still friends today? There's something about upstate girls. They find themselves. In fact, I was on the phone tonight with Liliana, who wrote the Bogart Girls. She's from upstate. I just like upstate girls. They just know their shit. 
So does this mean that like we should like go out to lunch? Is this, yeah, what, exactly. you're <laughs> is this what you're saying? Because I think it's implying it. So, um, but anyway, so I actually work uh, in PR for a celebrity psychic medium who's been on with the many times actually. Um, so I would love to ask a question about that. I would love to have you on our podcast. So I would love to kind of set that up, but maybe at a later time. But my question is, um, how are you like spiritually and like intuitively? Um, so do you feel like you have like a really strong intuition? And then if so, um, ha- has your intuition been correct about your fellow castmates or do you feel like some of them? Let me, have let not- me tell you something about my intuition. I just saw this fantastic guide named Jade Luna. Amazing. It takes you six months to see him. You should look him up. And he said to me, you know, there's something about me. My mother always said this. My mother said, you're part of the knowing. Okay. There's a thing called the knowing. And my mother's very religious, goes to church every day. So it's very Catholic based, very statue based, you know, all the apostles and saints. But I always knew from a very young age that I was very much, you know, uh, in touch with my knowing, you know, my intuition. And whenever I haven't followed my intuition, it's always been a disaster. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I have to be very aware of. And as far as my spirituality goes, without it, I don't think I would have been able to survive what I went through with Richard because my mother, who's incredibly spiritual, just put it in perspective very quickly, very fast, and, you know, just made it a bigger picture thing. And, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, as, as anyone that knows me well knows that my spirituality is a huge part of my life. I personally go to church every week because it's good for me. You don't want to do it. No problem for me. Some people go to yoga. Some people meditate. I go to church because it's what I know. It's what I grew up with. And I, it really does ground me because I do have a very good relationship with, you know, with God. I do. I love that. So I guess, like, I don't even know. We could talk about this separately. But if you are have interest in being, you know, with connected to Karen, given your spirituality and stuff like that. But if you are, I mean, does works with Karen many of times. Is there, do I like DM you? What's the best way to oh, like? Just DM me. Okay. You know, I get a little bit scared about that stuff because although I, I, I have done it, like I've done, I've done this astrologist. I, I don't know. You know, yes. DM me. But I have to research it because I do get a little scared. Yeah, oh, it's not I me. I'm not so the close. psychic. <laughs> no, there is a veil that's so close. And you yeah. have to be very careful how you dance with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I will DM you. Duh, thank you for this opportunity. Oh, thank you. I think we're going to have to go for lunch in the city. Absolutely. Come to the Berkshire. I will. Thank Bye, you. Alexa. Bye. Here's Vanessa. Hey, can you guys hear me all right? Hi, Vanessa. Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, how's everyone tonight? Good, how are you? I'm doing really good. I've watched you for so long, Dorinda. I'm a huge fan. Um, You've just been, like, you're so genuine, and you're not afraid to tell it like it is, so. Well, yeah, well, that that seems to be my, uh, that seems to be my tagline, right? I tell it like it is. Yes, you do, (laughs) queen! But I always make it nice. Yep, you sure do. (laughs) Okay, so... I have a question for you. Have you watched this season at all? And if so, what are your thoughts? Okay. Yes, I've watched the seasons. I've watched the seasons. Yes, I've watched the season. And I will not get my thoughts on it because I'm on pause. And he has a good (laughs) housewife. They won't speak. I haven't given any interviews about it. But I will say this, Alexa. It is very hard to be 
it is, that we have to be proud of these women for putting it out there. It is not easy being a housewife. They put everything out there. And, you know, you guys got to understand that unlike the other franchises, New York City is a huge part of our, it's another character. So when you take that away, it makes it difficult, right? Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. going out. We live here. We eat here. We breathe here. I wasn't part of the season. I don't want to comment on it. I love the girls. I stay in communication with the girls. Not all of them, but most of them. And, you know, New York housewives are iconic. You just can't take them away. One Absolutely. good season, one bad season ain't going to make them or break them. Absolutely. And just I mean, one more New thing. York housewives, come on. Yes. There's and- the U.S. and then there's New York City. And to tell you the truth, I still feel part of it, if anyone wants to hear that. You know, once you're part of that Bravo family and stuff, you're, it, I went on Watch What Happens Live, what, two weeks ago, and I was a little bit nervous. Like, beforehand, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then the minute you go out there, you just feel like you're part of it again. Yeah, I could see that. Because you yeah. are. You are still, you are part of it. You, six seasons, that's a, that's a big chunk of your life. Well, you got it right <laughs> this time. <laughs> Don't worry. Now I won't fucking forget during that. Okay. Let's take another question. Here's Preston. Hi. Hi, Preston. Hi, Dorinda. OG fan here. Oh. I have a question. So, of course, I follow, like, I can't even imagine what it's like being a Bravo celebrity on Instagram because, of course, we follow all the, like, Bravo accounts. What is the, like, I feel like Bravo fans are the most savage. Like, how do you guys deal with that? Because I feel like it's such a heated point of debate and there's memes and how do you, how do you handle you know the what? crazy it, fans? You just, you just don't care. I mean, you know... If you're going to buy in, if you're going to buy into it, if you're going to be part of this whole thing, you've got to take the good with the bad. Listen, people liked and disliked me before Bravo. They like and dislike me with Bravo. You know, if, if Karen from Nebraska doesn't like me, that's okay. You know, I just block <laughs> yes. her. Yes. That's what I mean. okay, so, okay, so you blo- block. Okay, so you block is really a good get, tip. You know, that doesn't really bother me. I'm not looking to be loved by everyone. I'm looking to have a general like by a lot of people. You know what I mean? Totally. The people that get me, they get me. Totally. And I'm quite lucky because my overall sort of Instagram is positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're the best on Instagram. I feel like you comment to people back and you keep conversation going. I do through my DMs every day. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that. Well, I just wanted to make sure you're getting It is a lot of work. But you know what? You know what, Dumois? It's important. If people are going to make the effort to DM me, you should DM them back. Don't you think? Even if it's just a quick, like, heart or emoji. You know, just it's it's an acknowledgement. I 100%. Well, especially like you said, because you feel like so many of these fans, like, we feel like we know you. We watch you for six You feel like you know you. If someone's going to, like, take the effort to DM DM you, you should just, like, acknowledge it and say something. And by the way, I've learned a lot from my DMs. I've kind of like met some really great people through my DMs. They built relationships with. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. I have the same. I mean, I think we met through DM. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you you DM'd me. I mean, I'm going to be honest right now. You DM'd me, and I said, "I'm glad to see you here." But I'm going to be honest. I posted some shit about you in the past. Like, I didn't want to be fake to you and be like. 
you know, like, oh my God, because I love New York. It's my favorite city. I'm a huge Housewives fan. I didn't want to be fake to you. So I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I posted some shit about you and you said, I own it. That's what you said. You said yeah, oh, I, I don't own remember it. that, but I probably did because that sounds yeah, like no. me. Yeah, you said something. And maybe that wasn't the exact line, but it was along those lines of like, I own what I But I I've do done. own it. I don't have yeah. a problem. Listen, I, I'm not going to be one of these housewives that says I was the perfect housewife. No. You know, but you, you follow the journey. You don't follow the episode. You follow the journey. No, nobody wants to watch a perfect housewife anyway. They want, like we said before, they want somebody relatable with flaws that, like, you know, we could relate to because nobody's perfect. Like you said, That's nobody's it. perfect. Okay. Thank you, Preston. Bye. Bye, Preston. Okay. Let's get Allison. I want Tim to ask me a question. Where's Tim? Tim Chris should ask me a question. I don't know if Tim's in here, is he? Tim, you on? We'll see if he raises his hand. Hey, Allison, what's your question? Hi, Dorinda. I'm a huge fan. Hi, Do. I'm also a huge fan. Um, there's Thank so many you. iconic moments of yours, Dorinda, Dorinda that I there love. There really are, aren't there? I really, <laughs> you know, since I've sat with them, there's been some pretty, even in the Berkshires, I was thinking, some pretty iconic shit went down here. Um, so, uh, especially the Shotsky with Hillary Clinton, I thought that was pretty incredible. Oh, yes. Um, so I was wondering, a lot of housewives who come on the show... Um, they end up having a lot of stuff come out about them, specifically criminal stuff, like with Ooh. Jen Shaw and that stuff. So what do you think about having your, I guess, dirty laundry aired? And what do you think of people that still continue to do housewives? Well, you know, it's so interesting you say that because I'm going to tell you something. Before I went on, someone, I won't say who said to me, you know, now that you've signed, all your skeletons will come out and your dirty laundry will come out. And I really had to think about that. Because I think, wow, to go on and know that you have, luckily I don't appear to have anything, you know, and, and the truth of the matter is anything I have, I pretty much talk about because I, I truly do believe in mistakes and things. I just don't, but, but some of that criminal stuff to go on and put yourself out there knowing that the audience will find out, Dumois will certainly find out. Um, I just don't know why they do it, to tell you the truth. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks. No, but don't you agree? Don't you agree? Would you? Oh, no, absolutely not. I, I mean, what do you think? think? If you knew you had something very salacious in your past and, and something that was Googleable or traceable, would you do it? No, I don't even, I don't even like express my true feelings on Twitter. But you know but what happens there? I'm going to tell you what happens there, Allison. Fame outweighs and vanity outweighs you know, the 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 thought process of doing it that's what happens i couldn't agree more i agree they don't right? give a shit yeah they, they think they know they think they're bigger smarter than the system and i really thought about that after like i joined i'm like god is there anything going to come out and you know you know listen you take a risk being on that people but you've got to be able to stand by what comes out there yeah I mean, and you know what the weird thing is, Dumois, is that if you stand by it long enough and you let you let the storm pass and you stand still, 
the right always comes out. Like, even I remember, like, a few seasons ago when bad stuff was being said about me. I was like, whatever. I'm just going to run my life. I'm going to go to Bluestone Man. I'm going to raise my daughter. And the great thing about me is the proof is in the pudding. My life is good. My daughter is fantastic. You know, I think there was a rumor at one point that didn't own my apartment in New York. I mean, I just, I as I posted, I, I, every good rumor needs a good deed. I, uh, You know, truth always prevails. That's the great thing about truth. It really does eventually stand forward. It can't help itself. It just stands forward. Yeah, I think that we've seen that happen with a lot of the housewives. I mean, we won't name names, but shit, shit surfaces to the top, whatever that saying is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to pick another. Here's Amira. I'm there here. she is. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, she's here. Yay! I'm here. Dorinda, I love you. Okay, since we're on the topic of crime, this is a two-parter. Have you been watching Beverly Hills, and do you think Erica Jane knew? You know, that is just a hot potato, Amira. Really, that's what you're coming on with? I Come had on with to. I had day. to. The most iconic housewife. Okay, that's what you're going to ask. Listen, I don't want to touch that. You know, that is a terrible situation that's unfolding in front of us. And I wouldn't wish it on my best friend. Wait, this is a three-parter. How do you think she treats Sutton? okay. And how would you react if you were Sutton? I don't know, Amara. I'm not a... These are difficult questions. I mean, I'm sorry, that but is, you're a housewife. That is a hot potato. I don't, she, that's I don't a different franchise. Doesn't She's matter. It's all show. the same. They're all housewives. It's not all the same. Now it's totally different. Line, it ain't all the same. So what's the difference, Dorinda? What's the difference? It's a totally different franchise. I've never had to deal with those sort of topics. I just deal with me. Um, She's getting started. That's what I <laughs> She's have to starting. She's starting. Okay. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I have a question, actually. Uh, I have a question about the parties that you have at the Berkshires. Go ahead. How, how late do you guys really stay up those nights? Well, you know what's amazing parties? that I did? I have to say that this season, so I will comment on this season for this. Now, here we go. Write it down. Record it. We used to stay up late, so we used to film, and I feel like they didn't stay up late. Like, the group wasn't a late stay-upper. And, you know, the thing for me that was super fun, it was almost like college. So when you would go on these weekends or you'd come to the Berkshires, we just went all out. So we would do our filming, have a ball, or do whatever we did, and then turn off the cameras, and we'd stay up late. We would stay up late and have fun. And it was a real bonding time. It was a real bonding time, to tell you the truth. Like 2 a.m., 3 a.m.? No. We're old. Okay, so we're not like we're not like you guys. So for us, late is like one a.m. Because remember, we film again at seven, eight in the morning. Right. I think that's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about that schedule because it's like you guys would wake up, you look great, you come back to your kitchen. Well, we wouldn't always look great. There were times when Chris DeRosa, my good friend, would wake me up and be like, "You got to get up." It would be like seven thirty in the morning, and they just used to in the old days. I remember in the old days, there was no hair and makeup and everything. So you would literally, like, roll out. You'd be like, whoa. You just start start filming. Yeah, so you, so, you um, all looked put together. You had, like, a nice spread of breakfast. So you'd have your coffee, you'd eat, you'd chat. Then you'd go shopping, come home. Like, 
get ready for dinner. Is but that you were like in it. It's almost like, you know, when you go, you were just in it. You were excited. The adrenaline's there. You, and we all really kind of like were sort of semi-excited to go away for these weekends. You know, and you knew each other. You got to remember I knew all these girls for like 20 years. So it was like going away with girls I knew. And, um, you know, when the cameras went off, you know, we, we worked hard. We played hard. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you could tell. It looked like yeah. a fun girl. I mean, I remember yeah. the year that Bethany posted all those pictures of the after party at the Bluestone Manor when we were all, Sonia was on the pool table. Like, yeah, we were having fun. Why not? You work hard, you play hard. You know what I mean? But we get up. I got to tell you something about that, about the, the, the girls. They get up in the morning and they film again. And I've got to tell you something. You got to give these girls credit because they do work very hard. Yeah, well, you you were one of them. You worked very hard too. Yeah, I, but I liked it. I liked the whole thing. I was like in for a penny and for a pound. Do you think that other cast members sort of looked at it more as a job? Is um, that kind of. Like, I don't want to put words I, in your mouth, but my last season, I didn't have that. But you know, you can't. My my answer to that was, you can't look at it as a job. It's a lifestyle for four months. You have to be in it morning. In fact, I said to someone in an interview, it may have been Garcelle again. I said, you get it. Like when you're in it, it's almost hard to see other people and, and go out for dinner with other people because you're so in the game of it and you're so in the moment of it. And you kind of have to be that person if you really want to make it authentic. You know, you have to be kind of living it, eating it, breathing it. That's why it's so hard. There's a weird thing. Like the day after the rap party is, I'll never forget this, the first season it happened. I was like, oh my God, where's the Uber? Where's the people paying for the food? Like, where's my schedule? Where's like Ramona? Where's Luann? Where's Sonia? Because you get so used to, it's like being in college. You know, when you first get out of college, you're like, what? It's September and there's no one around? Yeah. It's a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah. Did you, like, during the thick of the time that you were there, did you hang out with the people that you were closest with in the off-season when you weren't filming? I still do. So, do you still, are you still friendly with Ramona? That was a question, actually. Well, you weren't supposed to ask that question. No. No. Tim did not list that question. That's okay. Uh, Listen, no, not right now. But Ramona and I have been friends for well over 20 years. So, I just think maybe... The show has affected her more than the long-term friendship. And I feel that way with her with Elise, too, because Elise was a very good friend to her. Oh, yeah. That was, like, that situation that played out. No, listen, I I don't think that's how... But, you know, Ramon and I have been friends for... We've been friends through our children, so it's a totally different ballgame there. Yeah, you could tell that you guys, like, really loved each other. Like, you don't have to talk about the state of your relationship now. I'm, I'm talking about strictly when you were filming. You could see we went that a you lot guys of, loved we each other. a lot together. And you know what? Life has a bizarre and wonderful way of knitting itself back together. Yeah. I agree. Um, well, thank you for answering that question. I'm, I'm sorry about Ramona. Tim did not say I couldn't ask about her. Just wanted to, oh, here's Tim. <laughs> no, Let's bring Tim up. Here he is. Tim. <laughs> Tim. 
My friend, who's going to be my neighbor in a lot of This guy's going to be my neighbor in a Wait, do I have to tell you, and I know Dorinda said this at the beginning, she FaceTimed me like 10 minutes before she was going on full makeup, lighting, the whole thing. She's a pro. She was like, how do I look? I said, babe, it's audio. She's a professional. I love it. She's a pro. Always ready. Dorinda, my question for you is... And be I know careful. you and I have had My talks. question for you is be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have had endless conversations about this, but I was thinking about it. And all the months you were writing your book and it was the height of COVID and it was such a dark time for you, for me, for so, like for everybody, right? Looking now that the book is out and it's so successful and it's being responded to so well, what, surpri- what has surprised you about the reaction the most and what have you learned about yourself through the writing process? What surprised me the most is how people have really taken it on and really like been so, I feel sort of so blessed that people now can see me in a, like if they had the frosting before, now they have the cake. Like now people are like, I get it. I get it. I kind of get you more. And, you know, I really love to connect with people. Like, I should have been raised in a commune because I just love people. You know that about me, Tim. Mm-hmm. I could be with people all the time. My happiest time in my life is when my house is filled with people. So I love the fact that people feel like they know me better and they learn lessons. Like I said the, the other I just said to uh, Dumas that someone said, you know, my mother died two years ago. And I felt like you were sitting in my living room talking to me about that journey. So what a wonderful blessing that is that somehow I can relate to people's lives. Um, and I, And then what was the second part? And what have you learned the most about yourself? That I'm really, I'm stronger than I thought I was. And mm-hmm. I think the I tell best, you that all the time, don't I? The best, yes, you do. And the best all the time. But I don't see myself like that. You know, I'm always, I'm always trying, 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 trying. What can I do? How can I do it? How can I make it better? You know, I, I, I'm definitely an overachiever. And I think the moment that I really realized that, like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. Was when Hannah said, "You know, Mom, you really. I'm so proud of you. Like, you're an author now. Can you believe that? Richard would be so proud of you." And those kind of connections of words and stuff, it gave me pause for a moment because who would have thunk it, right? I was I put on pause last year. I cried my eyes out. Didn't think, you know, no one likes failure. And I certainly despise failure because I'm the woman that, like, was employee of the month 13 times at Friendlies. Like, I don't get, <laughs> you know, be put on pause. I'm a ra- In my mind, I'm a racehorse. But it was both humbling and um, incredibly growing because the one thing about me is, as my mother said to me the day with her marigold gloves on, she goes, oh, if you know now what you knew then, you'll thank them because... The one thing about you is, Dorinda, you do best when you're challenged, and I do. And I think for anyone out there, you know, whenever you have to meet a challenge, you know, just meet it. Don't be afraid of it. Like, sit with it for a second and be like, okay, I got you, and now we're going to go. And and I think beautiful things, as you know, Tim, because we've spoken every single day, beautiful things come out of a challenge. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love yeah. you, Love you, do. Dorinda, I know somebody brought up the Bravo fan accounts, and I know you said you don't really read them, but um, you know a lot of the questions and the comments and the Q and A I did 
was people expressing how much they miss you on the show. And I don't want to, like, speak ill of any current cast members, but it was a lot of, like, can you come back and save the show? Like, you know, that kind of sentiment. So I don't know if you're you're looking at the Bravo fan accounts, but I think that is the consensus, and I just wanted to to let you know. Well, thank you. You know, I don't think it's about save. I don't think one person could save the show. I think it's a collective effort. The thing that makes a, a fantastic show for me when I was on, I can only speak of when I was on, is that we had a collective effort. And again, the audience is smart when they see the the the. It's a team. It's like the NFL. You can't be one player. You have to be the team. I agree. Player. It has to be. It has to be the right like. Has to be a team player, and you have to go on the field and you know beat each other up and run the field and be at your best and then get off and be able to deal with it and 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 move forward. So if I was a great team player, I'm super thankful for that. I don't regret one moment on Housewives. I know people want me to and they want me to say bad things about it, but I really don't have it. I still use it as my calling card. I mean, if I tell you. How many times people have come up to me? I was in Saratoga last week. Oh my God, you're, you know, Jordan Medley from The Real Housewives. What a great gift. How can you not think of it as a great gift? I don't think I would have written the book without it. So I don't play that game. I don't do that game of negative. Nothing lasts forever. Who knows what's going to happen going forward? And that's yeah. that. You know I what think I mean? that's a great attitude. I think you have a great attitude. Um, let's take another question. We have a lot of hands raised. Oh, wow. Okay, this is Jam. Jam, my friend Jammin. I, I love him. My question is, if you could Hi, pick Jammin. an actress. Hi, how are you? <laughs> to play in a Dorinda Medley movie, who would you pick? Well, who would I be or who would I pick? To pick an actress to play you in a Dorinda Medley movie. Oh, wow. I think I'd pick Sarah Paulson. <laughs> really? I think I would pick Sharon Stone. Really? Yes, not Sarah Paulson. Believe me. No. Sharon Stone. Well, I had a Sharon Stone moment the other day. Yeah, I'm I'm going I just love Sarah Paulson. And Jamin, by the way, is my social guy. He does a great job. He's a good friend of mine as well. Thank you. Thank by, you. by the way, Dumar, they're all very excited I'm on with you tonight. It was such an honor. Oh, well, I'm honored that you came on. Thank you so much. Let's see. Okay, here's Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Oh, my God. Hello. Hello, Sophie. <laughs> Hello from Australia. No. Yes, I'm in Melbourne, and we. You know, I lived in Double Bay for like months. Did you? I did. I lived in Sydney, girl. I went to Bondi Beach as much as I could, and then I went to Hayman Island. I lived on Hayman Island for a month and a half. Can you imagine? I grew up in Queensland, where um, Hayman Island is, and now I live in Melbourne. Well, do you know what happened with Hayman Island? This is a funny story. So the first time, so when I first got to Hayman Island, I was like, oh, my God, they're like the Great Barrier Reef because it's right there. It's like literally right there. So I went out the first time, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so scary because it wasn't like fish coming to you. It was schools of fish and sharks everywhere. But by the time the month was over, I was, like, swimming with everything. I'm like, there we come. And we'd go out at, like, 6 in the morning because it gets so hot, right? 
so hot. Like because they so have that bit. They would be like the bit they because there's that slit in the atmosphere that they would talk about. I don't know if that was true or not. So I had to yeah. go out at like six in the morning and then be back at ten. And I loved it. And probably the most beautiful people I've ever met. I mean, tall, gorgeous, tanned, tanned. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this gives me a question: Is your love of fish and the fish room does that stem from your love of visiting Hayman Island? No, my love of the fish room was because I had a. St- I know everybody believes that. I, I did Bluestone Manor as a film set, but actually it was my home long before I brought it on TV. And I just, I have a stepson who I'm still very close to that absolutely loves fishing. And Richard and Aiden would go fishing nonstop all over the place. And those were, he, we, and then we would take a boat out every year with the kids. So we did his whole room like a yacht and a fish room. So, Believe it or not, it wasn't for Luann. It was for my stepson. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) I love that. Well, my original question for you was my mum and I absolutely have always absolutely loved, loved, loved you on the show Um, and – um, we lost my dad when I was younger, and so we always looked to you and Hannah and always felt a special bond. I just always wondered what you wished um, the biggest lesson that Hannah could have learned from you in your life. Well, you know, Han- so you know, Richard wasn't Hannah's father. That was her stepfather. Yes, but still a yeah. father figure. No, but still an absolute father figure and so important to her life. Hannah realized that loss is real. I think yeah. I think it, it actually, you know, gave her a lesson that probably I felt bad about it at the time. I remember at the funeral, I think I say to my book, she said, I stand here at the altar where my my mom and Richard got married. And I stand at the same altar burying this man that was at the crucial time of her life. Remember, Richard met Hannah when she was like 10 and a half. We dated for a while. Then at 12, we got married. And he just loved her so much. I remember sort of our fourth or fifth date, he started to want to get serious. He said, listen, I come as a package. And if you don't love Hannah as much as you, he said to me, oh, I'm going to love Hannah as much as you. That's no problem. And he really always did. It was never, that's what makes an amazing man, a man that can uh, take on a woman and take on their child and really just love them you want you want for people out there that are men. You want to have a woman fall in love with you, love their child as much as you know you can, because they will love you so much. I think that's when I really fell in love with Richard when I saw how much he just unobtrusively loved her, and I think the loss was tremendous. But I think it was a learning curve because I think it taught her more about love. You know, it's it's. It's not forever, so appreciate every moment. Like, that sounds so ridiculous, but really, she talks about it today. I love that. You make me want to cry. That is so, yeah, that's powerful. Hannah will say to me sometimes, like, we were down doing a tree the other day because it's his 10-year anniversary, so we have a fruit tree that we dedicated to him. She said, do you still sometimes just miss him? I'm like, and it was such a simple question, right? Do you just miss him? Like, I was like, yeah, I miss him. She's like, yeah, I do too, mom. And that says everything. Yeah. It's the missing that's hard. It's so true. And special people. 
Thank you so much. uh, We can travel again. and um, Yes. How is Australia doing? Are you still in lockdown? Um, yeah, so Sydney and Melbourne are still in lockdown. So we've um, the Delta cases are here, but we're very wow. much trying to but how zero. But how did you get lockdown. Delta cases when you were so strict? Yeah, I think it just um, spread out of um, hotel quarantine. So wow. when you come, you have to quarantine for two weeks in hotels, not leave or anything, and it's just crept out with staff. And um, so Sydney and Melbourne are the two cities and states locked down. The rest of Australia is free, no cases, living life. So it's wow. kind of hard in Melbourne and Sydney at the moment. That's tough. Yeah. But hopefully it will be. Thank you, Sophie. Okay, I think we have time for one more. Hello, Lauren. Yes. Hi, Dorinda. Hello, Lauren. Oh, my God. This is so fun. Um, I miss you on Housewives. The Where fact are you that we're from, not gonna, Lauren? I'm from Los Angeles. I'm from LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the fact that we're not having Christmas at the Berkshires this year is just so sad. But I you can watch it on my Instagram. Because the good thing yeah. is, you know, Thanks. Hannah said the funniest thing after I was put on pause. And I've been doing Christmas since she came home. She said, you're still going to do Christmas. You just didn't do that for the house. I'm like, Hannah, of course. In fact, they just ordered $3,000 worth of Halloween <gasps> stuff. Here's the weird thing oh people God. don't know about me, Dumois. I love Halloween more than Christmas. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, I Halloween, so Halloween is my my total game. Halloween at my house, you have to come up. It's another level. Your house looks like a haunted house at Halloween. Hey, that's right. Like I remember on the uh, previous episodes. I mean, it was like terrifying. The crazy statues. And it's and, more like, terrifying this year. <laughs> Why not? It was built in 1902. Oh my god, that's amazing! It is amazing. You don't get well, that in Los Angeles. What, the weather? You don't get 1902 in Los Angeles so much, oh, right? No. no, no, definitely not. No, no, no. But we get um, but we get to watch it through you guys. So <laughs> we get Bluestone, Bluestone Manor through you. Um, so my question is, congratulate, well, first, congratulations on your book. It's amazing. You. Oh. Um, will you be doing any book touring through like the states i mean are we gonna see we're trying but you know what the the delta has been like so difficult people aren't doing lives okay right okay so we're we're trying to get to the grove oh okay great yeah and trying to get to book soup so we're trying but it's it's a little difficult right so it's just a little touch and go a little touch and go but stay on my instagram and you'll find out Oh, I'm on it. Thank you so much for taking Thank my question. You. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Um, Bye. Dorinda, can you take one more for the road? Why not? Okay, let's see who we have. Um, this is CH. Oh. Hi, Dorinda. Oh, hello. I don't know why my name... My name is Charles, by the way. It's not CH. <laughs> hello well, that's what you have in your profile. I know. I just like made it up quickly. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Hello from Montreal. So please don't mind the French accent. I love the French accent. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the European version. It's the Canadian version. Bit different. I don't care. You go to Canada, you feel like you're in Europe. I love it. <laughs> Do you know I love right. Canada? Have you been to Montreal? 
I've been to Montreal several times and to Quebec. And, you know, when I was little, we had no money to go to Europe. So I'd go to Canada and I thought it was Europe. I was like, oh, my God, this is Europe. Yeah, uh, Quebec City specifically has really like a European feel, right? And we skied at Fairmont, which was like so scary and so cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's freezing. <laughs> it's freezing in the winter. Um, all right. So... You're my favorite housewife. Every Thank time you. I watch, my favorite episodes are always at Bluestone Manor. It's so warm. Um, so I'm wondering, since you're such a good hostess, how do you kick someone out of your place politely? Well, I don't. I think if someone is at the point of being kicked out, you don't have to be polite. <laughs> I think that's the key. If someone gets to, if someone comes to your home and they're not polite then you don't have to be polite kidding, kicking them out. True. Yeah, you're right. No one should come to your home and not be polite. In fact, I was in this situation talking to someone uh, two nights ago that was like, they were so rude, they were so this. I was like, just tell them to leave. Just polite. They bring them, guide them to the kitchen where there's always a back door and say, you need to go home because you're not a good guest. You're right. Right. All right. And if you could, sorry, can I ask another question? Why not? Uh, thank you. Um, if you could pick any housewives from any franchise, what would be your dream guest? What would be my dream guest? Well, you know who I've fallen madly in love with lately is Garcelle. She is oh, just yes. like me. Garcelle is yes. a classy, strong, beautiful woman. I love her. I love her. I she's... love her. I didn't realize I did. I did a podcast with her. I didn't realize. And then she she just talked. I was like, wow, this this woman's strong. Oh, she and she's classy like you, but she's real. She tells it like and it she is. owns it. She owns every part of her life. She's just a woman walking in this world, and I like that. We don't owe anything to anyone. We make our decisions, and she's just there. There. Love it. Thank you so <laughs> much, Brenda. Thank you, Charles. All right. Well, Thank Dumois, you. did we do a good job? Oh, you killed it, Durand. You killed it. I, I so appreciate you having me on tonight. Well, thank you so much for saying yes. And everyone can get your book, Make It Nice, out now. Yes. And Download I, the audio. I, and the audio. And I heard you mention candles and bourbon. Is that something yes. you can follow to? Yes, I have a bourbon coming out and my Boostomata candles. And, um... Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So we're there's a lot of good things happening and tonight. Vogue just um, did an article on me for my uh, op my book signing at the um, Strand. So that's really exciting. I've been in Vogue twice in two months. Can you imagine? That's amazing. No. Yes. Can you imagine? Congratulations. No. Who would have thunk it? So we could read the article um, on Vogue.com. And yep. can, I guess, and you can stay... go to my you can go to my Instagram, Dorinda Medley. Okay, the, the link is there, and we'll keep our eyes peeled on your Instagram for and the thank, bourbon and thank the candles. Thank you so much. And one day, maybe okay. you know what? We'll meet when you don't have this fake voice and send me some merch. <laughs> I will send you some merch. Good night. Good night. Okay, thank you, Dorinda. Thank you so much. Bye bye.